Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just uh, relax. Chill out there, Mr. Saunders. It's all good. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Great to be with you on the radio program. And, uh, you know, the one thing about life is uh, it is rather unpredictable in so many ways. We have uh, many things into which we are going to uh, dive today on WBEN. So I'm grateful that you are here. Uh, Some of them are going to be serious. And it depends, you know, how long we are serious is going to depend on you. your response to uh, what I bring out, because sometimes you guys like serious, sometimes you guys like, uh, I don't want to say trivial, but things that perhaps are not as serious as they they might be. But anyway, uh, David Bellavia doing a phenomenal job from 10 until 2. Uh, as he always does, of course, our Medal of Honor recipient, David Bellavia, who is always welcome to call into this show, by the way, because I don't think four hours of David is enough. I think we need more time with Dave. He's not going to buy that. Uh, I'm just trying because I'm sure he's listening uh, in the next room. I'm sure he's got the radio on uh, full blast. But so many things have happened since last we convened here on uh, WBEN. First of all, uh, just an update. I will be here, barring some ridiculously unexpected thing. Um, I will be here the rest of the week. Originally, the plan was I was going to take tomorrow off. But I actually, I'll tell you what, just real quickly, um, some very, very good news. Um, I thought, and they thought, the uh, doctors did, that they were going to have to put a stent in a certain part of my body. And the good news is they got the total stone out. They're going to be able to do the spectrographic analysis so we can figure out why these kidney stones materialize. And there was no stenting involved, which means there will be no removal of the stent involved, which I must tell you gave me a very good feeling in my legally drug-induced state of semi-consciousness, which is, by the way, Uh, I I cannot emphasize this enough, Uh, and this isn't what we're talking about today, but um, you know how they always say, bring somebody with you when you're having a medical procedure done because they need to be able to ask questions, they need to be able to take notes, et cetera, et cetera, and it is such a feeling of relief to have someone with you who loves you, who takes notes, who is a good listener, and who anticipates what might be happening in the future cannot emphasize that enough, even if you yourself are a medical doctor. 
and I'm pretty sure that I might be able to pass some of the boards at this point. <laughs> but um, e even if you are an MD, it's really good that you have an advocate uh, with you in the room. So everything went absolutely flawlessly on Monday. Could not have asked for better. And uh, my thanks to the very nice people at ECMC and my love affair with people in the healthcare profession simply has increased. Uh, the registered nurses, the LPNs, the PAs, you know, because we talked about it before, how much I adore those of you who work in healthcare, in particular the registered nurses. But I have a great rapport with every anesthesiologist absolutely wonderful, and with the surgeons uh, and with everybody there. And it was just, uh, as far as a procedure go, it goes, it was pretty good. But I'll tell you something, I'm glad I took yesterday off because you ever have one of those experiences? Maybe you had like a tooth pulled or something like that, and you're just like, yeah. So yesterday was one of those days. It was kind of embarrassing where uh, I had to get out of the house because I just can't stand. I have FOMO. Do you have FOMO, fear of missing out? Uh, Mr. Saunders, do you have fear of missing out? Like, life is so short that you're afraid that if you don't go out for a night or two, your life is passing you by? You ever have that? On occasions. I guess it depends on what the situation is that I would be missing out on, but uh, from time to time it pops up. See, even something stupid, like going out and grabbing something to eat, I always have FOMO. Like, what am I missing? What conversations am I missing? Because so many people, um, when they are talking at a local establishment, I eavesdrop on their conversations, and I try to figure out about what people are speaking so that I can import that into the program, thus hopefully improving and increasing my relevancy. Now, it hasn't really happened in over 40 years, but we'll see down the line if that actually takes place. But anyway, thank you for your nice wishes. Very kind of you, but everything is uh, is a-okay. And uh, I'll be gone next week, but that's fun time next week. That's that's big fun time next week. So looking forward uh, to that, and it'll be the first fun time I've really had off in over a year. And I don't even use – I have not even used my regular vacation because Tim Wenger and the management here at Odyssey Buffalo have been so kind and so courteous and so understanding of all the nonsense that has taken place over the past few years. But uh, I, I only mention this um, because – there are people who think that every time I'm off, it has something to do with the heart situation. It has nothing at all to do with the heart. Believe it or not, I mentioned this the other day, but I feel like I should re-mention this. Um, my heart is A-OK. -okay. Zero damage was done to my heart during the massive heart attack I had. This was just one of those nonsensical, stupid things that anybody could have happened to them. And the only thing on the horizon left is the uh, hernia surgery, which uh, probably is not going to wait until February if my judging of the palpation of the issue is uh, of any interest. But anyway, that's what's going on in my life, uh, and I hope that your life is going well. Uh, we all have our things, our burdens that we carry with us, and some are heavy and some are light. And this was rather uh, light wifting. Uh, light wifting? Yes, it was rather light wifting, in, in fact. But, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that my, my biggest concern, and I'm sure that you have your concerns, too, about getting back into your routine um, uh, the work thing I don't worry about because I can work pretty much under any circumstances. But the thing that always gets me is 
when will I be able to lift weights? And I'm not Schwarzenegger, but I do multiple repetitions, um, multiple reps during any weightlifting set that I do. And the response uh, of the body is quite, uh, it's quite fast. You can ask Mr. Saunders uh, about the incredible guns that I have for a 60-year-old man. I mean, he is intimidated by me. I look right now in his eyes, and I see the look of sheer awestruckness that Mr. Saunders has. You, you've now become Mr. Saunders, by the way, in case you wanted to know. That's fine by me. And also, I love days like this. When you come in here in person, I get free tickets to the gun show every Wednesday. It's great. Yeah, baby. And more than that, too. We don't like to tell people when I'm here and when I'm not here. Because I can work, in, I could technically be working at home, but I'm not. I wanted to see you and all of the people with whom I work, including Mr. Wenger, had some unexpected things that I had to take care of today. Totally unrevolved to my, uh, uninvolved uh, with myself, but uh, they, they had to be done. They had to get taken care of. But there's something far more important going on in the world right now than anything I'm going through, and probably that you're going through. And David Bellavia did a phenomenal job talking about it, as he always does between ten and two here on News Radio 930 WBen. You know, there's something there's something to be said for having a Medal of Honor recipient uh, as a lead into this show, along with. Uh, Dr. Mark from New York City, and and that is uh, the situation in Israel and the amount of anti-Semitism, specifically anti-Jewishness, that um, is throughout the world right now, and it is extremely disturbing. Um, there is and, and there are so many angles that I want to take on this now. Based on my experience with phone callers into this program, I believe, and I do I have statistics on this? No, I do not. But I would say that a disproportionate number of people who listen to this show are Jewish in one way, shape, or form. You may be a religious Jew. You may be a non-religious Jew. You may identify as culturally Jewish but not religiously Jewish. Um, there are those of you who keep kosher, those of you who don't. There are those of you who say Shoah. There are those who say Holocaust. Um, there is, like any other community, a diversity of opinion and thought within that particular religious group. And believe it or not, way back in my youth, I dated the stepdaughter of a local rabbi who unfortunately uh, died a short time after I met him. Uh, but uh, his name was Dan Kerman. You might remember Rabbi Kerman. He's a wonderful man. And I'm only using his name because I knew the man personally. Very congenial, very non-preachy, and uh, a very, very nice man. And I enjoyed what little time I had to spend with him uh, enormously. And <clears throat> I have also mentioned on the air many a time that, uh, look, I, I do have my biases uh, when it comes to Jews in the United States because— um, in the UB era of my life anyway, I basically was uh, adopted by the New York City Jewish professors. And I cannot explain the dynamics of it. I cannot tell you how or why it happened. I believe my best analysis is that I was one of those students who actually was interested in what was being taught. 
and they could see what my interest level was. They knew that I wasn't there just to put in time, that I was there to actually learn some stuff. And so many of the Jewish professors at UB literally took me under their wings and helped me get through UB. And it was really a magnificent experience. But, you know, I get the sense, and I, I could be wrong because it's been a while since UB graduated 1987, if you must know, Phi Beta Kappa, magna cum laude, selected by staff as an academic All-American. That being said, I'm a stupid man. Please remember that, okay? I'm not as smart as you think. Smart in some things, really stupid in other things. I have my limitations, just like we all do, which, by the way, kind of ties into a, a topic. But the uh, thing that concerns me, it has concerned me for many years, if you've been listening to the program, and I want to get your thoughts on this, especially if you are one of my Jewish listeners, and I know that I have a lot. The proportion of Jewish listeners to non-Jewish listeners, I don't scientifically know, but just based on what people have told me anecdotally, um, it is not insignificant. And I'm grateful for that, and I thank you for that. But one of the things that has been of great concern to me, you know, Dave, David spent a lot of time talking about the um, anti-Israel faction in the United States and in the world. And these are people who are anti-Semitic, no matter what. When I say anti-Semitic, I mean specifically anti-Jewish, no matter what. And, oh, a beheaded Jewish baby? Well, did you see what the IDF did to that Palestinian child? And it becomes kind of a tit-for-tat thing. And when I was in school uh, back in the 1980s, um, UB was a very, I, I would say, and, and don't take this the wrong way, it was a very heavily Jewish-influenced school. And the nickname for UB was, tell you what, it rhymes with U, but then the second letter was B, all right? And it was absolutely derogatory. Um, and there were, again, I don't have the statistics on this because they cannot ask during any registration process, but uh, there were quite a few Jewish kids with whom I went to school. And one of them, and I will name her because she was one of my dearest friends, if not my dearest friend at UB, was also a member of the United States Army and a drill instructor and an attorney. And uh, she's no longer with us. She hasn't been with us for many years. And that was Miriam Bandis. And uh, Miriam was just a delightful person. We took as many classes as we possibly could together um, with Dr. Bruce Jackson, who's one of the very noted professors at uh, SUNY Buffalo. And we loved Bruce, and we loved the way he taught. And Miriam went on to law school, and I did not go on to law school. But here's something that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is true, but I want to I wanna at least give you the opportunity to talk about this, especially in light of recent horrible developments uh, in the news. If you are Jewish here in the United States, or for that matter, in Canada, we have a lot of Jewish listeners in Canada, have you noticed an increase in anti-Semitism? Have you noticed an increase in people who, for whatever irrational reason, have this fear of or this uh, animosity toward people of the Jewish faith? Because I happen to believe the news reports that indicate 
that anti-Semitism is on the rise. We've talked about it before. It's been on the rise, particularly in Western Europe. Um, it has been on the rise in places where people who actually are also of Semitic background but of a different faith uh, tend to congregate. And it's almost like they bring the old country and the old ways and the old way of thinking into their new land. And I consider it to be a malignancy. I consider it to be a cancer, just as I consider Islamophobia to be a cancer or any kind of phobia along racial lines or religious lines to be a phobia. And we have seen that we've seen that taking place in Buffalo um, and the tops mass murderer. We saw what hatred of a group of people can lead to. And here in Israel over the past several days, what we have seen, if you can believe the reports, and keep in mind, the first casualty of any armed conflict typically is the truth. So what is true and what is not in terms of the atrocity stories coming out of Israel, at this point, I don't know. But I have a lot to say about this, and uh, I'm not going to be able to outdo David Bellavia because he's been there, he's done that. Okay, I can only do the best job that I can do based on what I've read, based on people with whom I've spoken, based upon my life experiences. But um, have have you noticed? And you may be a Jew, you may not be a Jew. Have you noticed an increase in anti-Semitism? Have you been made in any way, shape, or form to feel uncomfortable because you are of the Jewish persuasion? I'm very curious about that. And if you are not Jewish and you've noticed it, I would also like to know. I mean, in all brutal honesty, and this, I would tell you the same thing, and you would see the same thing off the air as you're going to hear on the air during the program today. I refuse to hate any group of people for any reason whatsoever. Individuals, I don't like to hate individuals. There are some individuals I do actually hate. But it has nothing to do with anything other than uh, specifics of their behavior or their attitude toward other people. But I, I find it impossible to hate Muslims. I find it impossible to hate Jews, to hate white people, to hate brown people, to hate Hispanic people. And I don't think that th- that is some unique quality. I think most of us are like that because most of us were born to take people as individuals and not to judge. Unfortunately, Some of you had parents that weren't like that. Some of you hung out in cliques or groups of people who were not like that. And hatred is a horrible thing when you apply it to groups of people, uh, whether they are Muslim, whether they're Jewish, whether they're Christian or whatever. Um, I want to continue this on the other side on WBEN because we're talking about thousands of people in Israel who were basically, this is, I don't mean to overstate it, but we lost about 3,000 of our people during the attack on Pearl Harbor, which lasted for a few hours on Sunday, December 7th of 1941. And in Israel, we're talking about at least 2,000, 2,500 people who have died, and reportedly some of them um, murdered in the most horrific ways, including children. 
And it's, um, well, I'll tell you what. Let me give you the phone numbers on WBEN. Take a break. Now we're going to get to your calls because uh, this is a very serious topic. I think we need to address this at least for a while today. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. One of my first questions for you today have you noticed an increase in anti-Semitism, especially if you're Jewish, but you don't have to be Jewish to call in? And one of the things, I'm kind of running short on time here, but one of the things that has always concerned me is so many Jews who have this self-hatred of being Jewish within them. I've run into people like this, and I don't understand it. I'm never going to understand it, and maybe people can explain it to me. On News Radio 930 WBEN, it is Bowerly. Welcome to the program. Much more to come. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, I think these guys might go places. It's uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, my loves. Uh, obviously, uh, David Bellavia did a phenomenal job, as he always does, talking about what is going on in Israel right now. I'm not going to use any names, but uh, one of my friends happens to be in Israel, uh, was in Israel when everything uh, went sideways and last I heard, is alive and well. Another one of my friends uh, actually is a, a physician who spent some time living on a kibbutz uh, in Israel, and hopefully uh, he'll have the opportunity to call in and tell us a little bit about uh, life on the uh, kibbutz in Israel. I hope I'm saying that correctly. But uh, in any event, um, anti-Jewish uh, rhetoric and behavior. For a while, you know, we went through a period, obviously, in the post-war era and certainly um, in other eras of our lives where uh, the United States was an anti-Semitic nation. We literally had country clubs starting up because Jews were not allowed in most of the prestige country clubs. And if you don't think that that is a correct statement— even in relatively recent times, you can go back and see how our black brothers and sisters were treated at certain country clubs. There was one very famous Buffalo athlete who was not allowed into a country club. And as far as I remember, there was no good reason that was offered other than the fact that he was one of our black brothers. 
And that's not cool. That's not America to me. And I don't think it's America to most of us. But I'm wondering if you have noticed here in the United States an increase in anti-Jewish rhetoric and behavior and what's going on. Because as I started saying prior to the break, as a child of the 60s and the 1970s, the expression never again was heard a lot. And there was a uh, supermarket located not terribly far from where I grew, I grew up, and it was uh, Park Edge, the Park Edge supermarket. And at that point, uh, I was right across from one of the uh, temples, which now is an Anglican church, which is an interesting reflection on the changing demography of the area. But there was uh, this supermarket, and in the summertime, when the Jews who would shop there would have their sleeves roll up or short-sleeved blouses, I can remember vividly to this day the tattoos emblazoned by the sadistic bastards uh, of the SS and the Wehrmacht uh, during the Second World War. I saw those tattoos. Those of you uh, of a certain age who grew up with grandparents or parents of a certain era, you remember those tattoos as well. And for a while... Um, we got news for you. Those tattoos for a lot of Jews were marks of shame. And you might remember the name Adolf Eichmann. And Adolf Eichmann was SS. He was a war criminal. And his defense was, I was just following the orders. And Adolf Eichmann was responsible for putting Jews, particularly in Hungary, on trains, which he knew would eventually take them to the death camps or the concentration camps. And the Adolf Eichmann trial was very significant in terms of a change perception of the Holocaust or the Shoah, because there was a great deal of embarrassment among many Jews of a certain age after the Second World War that the perception would be these wimps went to the gas chambers without firing a shot, without any kind of rebellion or resistance whatsoever, which, by the way, is actually untrue. There was the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. There were also various uprisings at some of the concentration camps and some of the uh, death camps of the various Sonderkommandos who were Jews who were pressed into service by the Nazis to do the dirty work. And then the Sonderkommandos themselves were eventually liquidated and a new group would take their crowd, would take their place, only to later be liquidated. And the Adolf Eichmann trial was very, very important. Eichmann was kidnapped by Mossad in um, Argentina and was taken to Israel to stand trial. And it was a very cathartic experience for the Jews back in the circa 1960 era because it was the first time where the actual victims of the Shoah had a chance to confront one of their tormentors, a guy who was a bureaucrat Nazi behind a desk by the name of Adolf Eichmann. And that trial was I, I cannot begin to stress the importance of that trial in raising awareness of exactly what happened during what we call the Holocaust and the realization that this was not fairy tale, um, horror story, uh, the guy with the hook on the car nonsense. This happened to real people. 
And these acts of terrific barbarity were committed by people you would expect to look like monsters. And yet Adolf Eichmann was just one of many Nazi death camp functionaries who, if you passed him on the street, you'd say, well, look at that middle-aged man, when in fact he was responsible for the deaths of millions of human beings and um, did so unapologetically and uh, without any without any remorse whatsoever. In fact, there is uh, a movie, there are a couple of shows on Netflix, if you just do a search for Eichmann, E-I-C-H-M-A-N-N, which will give you some background information about that. But bringing it into today's uh, picture, anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish Semitism, what is going on? And to those of you who are Jewish, I would love your take on this Jewish self-loathing, which has been talked about in the Jewish community for at least 30 or 40 years. Almost an embarrassment over being Jewish, which, quite frankly, I do not and I will never understand uh, at all. Let me give you the phone number because we've got horrible acts of terror taking place in Israel right now. And frankly, and I know David has gotten into this, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the for as good as Mossad is, and they Mossad is one of the world's best intelligence agencies, for as good as they happen to be, much like our 9-11, you have to ask the question, how did this get by Mossad? And New York Times has a piece today about that, which I'm not 100% sure I'm buying into. Somebody dropped the ball, and they dropped it big time by not seeing this coming. There are so many things that have happened in history, such as the Battle of the Bulge, which at least you can understand how, because of the cloud cover, how the Nazis were able to build up for one last push on Antwerp, right? But they almost succeeded, except the skies cleared and our air forces were able to bomb the German panzers before they could get too much momentum going. But how in 2023, with all of the spy satellites and all of the other electronic means there are of gathering intelligence for this kind of surprise attack to take place, I am marveling at, especially because, remember last week when we had the guy calling in talking about suspicions of a Chinese attack on the United States? And I said, I just don't see how that can happen, given our NSA satellites. That can, if, you, if you held a quarter outside of your pocket and the satellite was right overhead, the satellite would be able to read the date on your quarter. And that, my friends, is an absolute bona fide fact. Anybody in Intel who handles such things could verify such a fact. That's how good our spy satellites are. So how the visual intelligence from satellites escaped Mossad, how the intelligence from intercepted phone calls escaped Mossad, how they didn't know they were being played by Mossad operatives talking about, well, it's too late for us. The Israelis have really beefed things up, and we got to be real careful and be under the radar. When somebody says something too much, it's almost like something is in the works, if you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you can talk past the sale. And from what I've read, it sounds like some of the uh, 
operatives of Hamas talked past the sale, and I'm surprised that some of the senior people in Israeli intel didn't catch on to the fact that they were being played. And there are, there are some serious questions to be asked about this. Now, do I think it's some grand conspiracy to lure the United States into fighting a war on Israel's side? No, I do not. But I do think people screwed up. Complacency? I don't know. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Here is uh, Jim in uh, North Tonawanda. Jim, obviously I've uh, put a lot out there uh, trying to do something a little bit different maybe than what David did because David is our resident military expert, as you might imagine, being a Medal of Honor recipient. You served. What's your overall take, first of all, and what's going on in Israel right now? Um, Tom, to, to get to the, the, the problem, the root of the problem, you have to – I was – the other day I called in, I was talking to Bellavia and David, and I touched on this, but I didn't have enough time. This thing got started in the Old Testament of the Bible. Abraham, and the name Abraham means father of many nations. That's the translation, the biblical translation of that name, which both uh, it's both a Jewish name and a Muslim name. At that time, Abraham was married to a woman, or his wife was named Sarai, who God's angel turned to Sarah. But anyway, she was barren. Sarah could not have babies. She was pushing 100 years old. So she, the angel appeared and said, from now on, your name is not Sarai, it's Sarah, and you're going to have a baby, and you will name that baby boy Isaac. Before that, she told Abraham, I'm barren, I can't have any babies. Take the servant girl, Hagar, into, the, into our tent, you will have relations with her, and she will bear you a son. She felt bad that she couldn't give Abraham a son, an heir to the tribe. She gave birth to Ishmael, who is the father of the Arab race. That is biblical. This is not my opinion. This is biblical from the Old Testament of the Bible. All right, he was the father, Ishmael, but then, after, as the boys were growing up, Ishmael was a fierce warrior and a hunter, and Sarah was terrified of him because she knew that when Abraham died, he would take, kill Isaac and take the inheritance. So she told Abraham, listen to me, I'm your wife. You're going to kick Hagar out and her son Ishmael and excommunicate them from the tribe. There will be no inheritance for Ishmael and his mother. Nothing. They get nothing. Just send them out into the desert, give them a, a water and some food, and, 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 and we're done with them. Well, Abraham did what Sarah told him to do. And on that day, Ishmael said to his mother, he said, he told Hagar, who was his mother, the seed of Isaac will pay for what has been done to us. This is the oldest hatred in the world. It goes back to that day when when um, Ishmael and Hagar were kicked out of the tribe. And, 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 Tom, to be fair to those people, and by the way, those people that attacked Israel to me are nothing but savages. Benjamin Netanyahu must give the order now, go in there, annihilate them. That's it. We won't tolerate cutting off the heads of Jewish babies anymore. That's um, Hezbollah and uh, 
the other one, Tom. Hamas. The other t- Hamas. But Hamas. I mean, one of the things. Hamas but you know, Jim, I mean, without getting without getting into Bible history, because um, I like to separate to the greatest degree possible. You can't, Tom. Not not in the Middle East. You can't do that. Now, look, you have your beliefs. I have my beliefs. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and get into a theological argument with you. Okay. You you believe your way. I believe my way. But as far as the um, beheading of Jewish babies, I would like additional confirmation of that, and I will tell you why. Because during the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, there were the stories about the Iraqi soldiers ripping the Kuwaiti babies off of ventilators. Remember some very tearful testimony that was given by the teenage girl in Washington. And it turned out after the war that uh, that actually did not happen, or if it happened, it did not happen to the degree that the West was told it was happening. The same thing happened in World War I with the Germans in Belgium accused of bayoneting and spit-roasting Belgian babies. So that's why I said that in war, the first casualty is generally the truth. Or is, well, I'm sorry. Yes, Tom, you first... have a point, but my point is this, and you got to understand this. This hatred, to put it in perspective, this is maybe the best analogy I can possibly think to give you at this time. The black and white thing, the uh, white and black thing in America, the problems, the racial problem in America, compared to this hatred, that hatred is like a Sunday afternoon walk in the park on a bright, warm, summer, summer day. The hatred is that deep. I'm telling you, it goes back to the time of Abraham, and it runs so deep. That's why we'll, there'll never be peace in the Middle East till Jesus Christ comes back. There's never going to—we will not—no, there will be no peace in that part of the world. Then here's a thing you got to understand, too. That piece of real estate, what we call the Holy Land, is— there are three of the world's major, the three of the biggest of the world's religions, Christianity, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, all have claim to that land. Remember the movie um, Kingdom of Heaven when the blacksmith's son said, all have claim to this land, none have claim to this land. That They have been spilling blood for over 5,000 years. That's a deep, we cannot, American people... In our PC society, they we cannot fathom how deep the hatred runs in that part of the world. But, Jim, one of the things I, I want to ask you is, um, have you or have you not noticed an increase in anti-Jewish rhetoric, not just around the world, not just in the Middle East or the Holy Land, but in Europe, both Eastern and Western Europe, and dare I say, here in the United States? Yes, and, and, and yes, and I, I, yes, I have. I'm going to tell you something. I heard you talking about the Nazis. Well, we, you and I had touched on this subject at least one time before. The Nazis, you and I both know, were a direct product of the Thule Society. Yes. The Thule Society were devil worshippers. You've got to understand something. The Jews are God's chosen people, because if you look at the covenant that God made with Abraham, that proves that they are the chosen people. And he made a covenant with Abraham. And to be fair, though, to the Muslim people who are the seed of Ishmael, we and Caucasian people and Jews being the seed of Isaac, they say, from their point of view, right or wrong, why is it that the seed of Isaac has so much and we have so little? Yeah, There's I mean, a I, hatred I, there I, because, you know, you've got... I got I got a break. I got I got to get the news. I, I thank you for the call. I mean, one of the one of the issues um, that I have here is uh, to be very honest with you is 
Um, we all have our different spiritual beliefs. We all have our different religious beliefs. And I'd kind of like to stay away from that. I prefer the um, historical approach to the spiritual approach. And again, as I've said before, history is the historian's best guess and best analyses as to what actually happened. Um, I wish I could be more definitive about history, but unfortunately, one person's history is another person's fable and vice versa. So I'd kind of like to keep things on a temporal level as opposed to a spiritual level, uh, because if we start going down spiritual alley, I think we're just going to run into dead ends and circular arguments because of so many diverse beliefs out there. You have your beliefs. I have my beliefs, and one of the things that I think we can all agree on, regardless of our spiritual background or lack thereof, is it's wrong to murder people. It's wrong to kill people in, in cold blood, especially it's wrong to murder civilians. Um, unfortunately, the United States and the Allies in the Second World War and the First World War murdered a lot of civilians in the course of in particular, the firebombings of Hamburg and Dresden, and you could also argue Hiroshima, Nagasaki, regardless of how many Japanese lives were saved and how many American lives were saved by the atomic attacks, which killed fewer people, by the way, than the air raids on Tokyo. Um, I, I just I would prefer to keep this on a historical level as opposed to a spiritual level because. Uh, it just it, it makes it, it it basically provides a common denominator that otherwise I think it's lost with all of the spiritual debates that we have. I mean, for example, even within Christianity, how many different sects S E C T S of Christianity are there? I mean, I've I've taken calls just as an example of why I want to stay away from it. I've taken calls over the years from Catholics who just. <clears throat> absolutely despise Protestants and the whole Protestant viewpoint. I've taken calls from Protestants who detest the uh, Catholic, the Roman Catholic viewpoint, and, and that's the kind of division I'd prefer to stay away from, if you understand why. I, there's just, there's far too much hate in the world, and if we, if we, if there's some way we just narrow that down to temporal hate of this world as opposed to spiritual hate and origins from thousands of years ago, I think that kind of puts us on more of an equal playing field and in a better position to make um, rational decisions and to form rational opinions. Um, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just the way I choose to fly when talking about topics like this. And I think one of the basic topics that we need to get into is this anti-Jewish um, rhetoric that has amplified over the years. I've talked about it before in Europe, and we've seen it here in the United States. And, you know, we don't exactly in our history have a clean record when it comes to anti-Semitism. And many people, they, you don't learn what happened to the uh, SS St. Louis, um, which I'll get into in the next hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.